Welcome back to GMs for Hire. I'm Matthew Perry alongside Jamil King and RJ Strope. We're back and we have some football to discuss. Uh, today being Sunday, uh, most of the NFL's games were played today. And one that definitely drew our attention, us being Buccaneers fans, at least Jamil and I, RJ, I think supports them as well as the Panthers to an extent. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They played Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs today. Uh, they fell to the Chiefs 27-24, made it close close uh, towards the end, but uh, ultimately could not come back. Uh, the Bucks have now lost three of their last four and are now, I want to say, three games back in the NFC South to the New Orleans Saints, who won today against a quarterbackless Denver Broncos team. Uh, I wanted to bring this to you guys and kind of see where you guys are at because I know you guys are the big football uh guys in this in this group that we have here GMs for hire and there are definitely some issues with the Buccaneers considering they've lost three of their last four what's going on with this skid you know uh, Jamil I'll start with you um, what are some problems you've been seeing um, honestly you know this team they've been they've been on a little bit of a sketch ever since the game against the Giants ever since then it seems like things have been clicking you know fully to the capabilities that everybody thought that this team would be clicking on but um, I think there's just a couple of different reasons why the Bucs, um, they're, they're a little bit of a, a skid right now. And uh, number one, I think it starts with some, some of the play calling that we see from Bruce Arians and Brian Leftwich together on offense and then Todd Bowles on defense. Um, like, for instance, this week they decided to, to blitz a lot and against Patrick Mahomes, you know, is that the smartest thing to do? And uh, it looked like it wasn't because then they left Carlton Davis on the island. Tyreek Hill beats them multiple times for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Last week, they decided to play heavy zone against Sean McVay and Jared Goff. And if you give Sean McVay a lot of time in that zone, you know, he's going he's gonna to pick plays that are going to pick apart that zone. So I don't see why last week they didn't decide to blitz Jared Goff versus this week you blitz Patrick Mahomes, who is one of the best improvisers in the game we have right now, and his ability to throw on the run and make plays happen on the outside. I just didn't think those were smart decisions on defense. And on offense, I think it comes down to they keep trying to push the ball downfield. And – that's a, we don't have the O-lines to do that on the outside of Donovan Smith. He, he's not the best left tackle, especially today. He was playing hurt. Dude didn't practice all week, comes out and plays. Ali Marpet was out two weeks with concussion. He plays. So your team's not at, at full strength. And now you have this downfield concept where everything is post-snap. And Bruce Aarons is talking about, you know, Brady, he's struggling seeing things post-snap. Well, yeah, because you don't have any motion plays pre-snap for him to pick apart what defense they're in like he did all the time in New England. There's no quick hitters, no quick slants, no quick screens, no quick drags. Everything is these long-developing plays, and I think that's part of the problem for this team right now. RJ, do you think this is a play-calling problem? Do you think this is more of a secondary problem? What, what are your thoughts, at least defensively? Well, uh, you mentioned a lot there. And, yeah, yeah there's a lot that uh, can, be, can be unpacked there. Um, the secondary today got just demolished. But that's what happens when you play Patrick Mahomes. I know he doesn't have anything, you know, all the numbers yet. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody play quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes. This guy, as long as he stays healthy, will end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, this is a guy that it does not matter if you have a lead against him. 
he's going to come back. Look at what happened last week against the Raiders. Look at what happened in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. And it doesn't matter. And you can't play from behind against Patrick Mahomes because he doesn't ever let up. They don't ever let their foot off the gas. They just keep going and going and going. So this is a hard team to beat anyway. And we had talked about it before we had got on here. We didn't really expect the Bucs to win this game. I mean, we know the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I know the Steelers are still undefeated, but the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. And they – it was a big game for them. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I think, last year took the torch from Tom Brady. Well, now that Brady's got his weapons and all this new life, you know, into his career and things like that, I think Patrick Mahomes still had something to prove. Like, no, you're not going to take this torch back from me, old man. This is, you know, you gave it to me. I'm going to keep it now. So I think he had a lot of motivation coming into this game. So we talked about the secondary. Secondary's trash in this game. But I, I, overall, I still don't think the Bucks have a bad secondary. They're really young. The corners are what, in their second and third years? One of our starting safeties is a rookie, Antoine Winfield, and I think he's a stud. Oh, yeah. um, he's they're a good just year. young. It's going to take time. It's going to take reps. And when you play against the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen in my life, you're going to look bad. Offensively, yes, we have got to change up the play calling here. I don't know why. When you have a trash offensive line like the Bucks do and like Tom Brady has to be behind, um, you can't keep stretching the ball down the field. You don't have the time to do it. You've got to do these little dink and dunk short slants and crossing routes, whatever. You've got to, you got to get the ball out of Brady's hands. And I think we saw earlier tonight, um, that was a play. They were going down the field. I think they were in the red zone almost, honestly. And um, Brady gets back to pass, and immediately the rush comes. And instead of taking the sack, he just throws it. It bounces off of a defensive lineman's helmet, goes, I don't know, 20 feet in the air, and the Chiefs get an easy interception there. Tom Brady has to know better. You got to take the sack. I know you don't want to take a sack because you're 43 years old and you're playing behind a trash offensive line with, I'm sorry, Jamil, you were way too nice. The worst left tackle I have ever seen in my life. Donovan Smith could not stop anything. This guy is an absolute revolving door. You want to get in, just, just push him over. He's good. You know, it's one of those revolving doors you see out in front of like a shopping mall. It's just constantly moving, constantly getting used. They have got to find a way out of this guy's contract. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think, I think they could get, I think they can get, get out of his contract next year. Bro, you absolutely have to do it. This guy is actually trash, and it just – it sucks. Like, you got to have a good left tackle. When you have an old quarterback that can't move around a lot, um, it'd be different if we had Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Like, your offensive line doesn't have to be great because he can take off running. I watched it in Carolina for years. We had a trash offensive line, but Cam – could pick up the slack and make up for it and do stuff with his legs. Tom Brady's not that. You have got to, you know, solidify this offensive line. You spent a first-round pick on Tristan Wirfs. That guy needs to be the franchise left tackle. I don't care how much money you're paying Donovan Smith. You need to switch the tackles, move Tristan Wirfs to left, put Donovan Smith at right, and then as soon as you can get out of that contract, you absolutely have to because this guy is single-handedly – 
costing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football games. So, so with an offensive line that has seen better days with Donovan Smith not playing to par, Ali Marpet missing the last couple of weeks, and now I believe A.Q. Shipley, his career is over. Yeah, he's uh, done. Yeah, he's done. Um, they said he's set to begin his coaching career. Uh, what, what, how do you fix this? You know, is it, is it a coordinator problem? Do the Buccaneers need to draft another lineman next year? Maybe not first round like Werfs, but, you know, maybe – third, fourth round, somewhere in the middle. I'll ask Jamil, how do you fix this? Uh, a couple of things to answer a couple of questions. One, all yes to your questions. Um, if you're going to – I think in the first round for the Bucks, you're definitely looking – you're in win-now mode, so you have to go get the best available. If you get if you get Adam Thomas' contract, you have to get the best available tackle to kick to right tackle and let Worf go to left. Uh, you can't wait to like the third or fourth round because then you're playing around. Is, is he ready or is he not? You need someone ready to go right now. So either creating your draft, you got to address that. But to keep it in this season, because this season's not lost. Um, they may be on a losing streak now, but you go into the bye week, you fix some things up. Then you get the Vikings, you get the Falcons, you get the Lions, you get the Falcons. So four games that are very winnable, should win at least three. And you still should be able to get a wild card with the way the rest of the NFC is playing, um, with the rest of the, the way the wild card teams are playing. But um, to fix the, to, the immediate fix to me in this bye week is, you have to change the philosophy around. You got to talk to Brady about, look, Tom, um, we're going to work together now. We need to get some more. We, we need to incorporate some more things you did in New England, uh, a little bit more motion plays so we can help you pre-snap, a lot more quick passes. You have guys like Antonio Brown or Kiss Godwin, who if you give them the ball, short yardage, they're going to get yards after the catch. Antonio Brown is a magician with the ball in his hands. He had two catches today. You need to give him the ball on a drag, on a slant, on a screen. Let him run. Let him be a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Chris Godwin is a big physical guy. He is hard to tackle. We saw last week he dunked over a corner trying to score. This man is physical with the ball. You give him the ball in space, you can make things happen. So to me is you just have to simplify the offense a little bit more, run the ball a lot more. This team has been bad when you don't run. I think last week against the Rams, they, threw, they ran the ball maybe five times in the second half. The Rams knew they were going to pass so they could sit back with two high safeties and pick apart. They could do whatever they wanted. So to me, it comes down to philosophy and changing things around to make it easier for the whole offense. RJ, similar thoughts, or are you going a different direction? Yeah, no, listen, I'm not going to sit here and press the panic button yet. They're seven and five. Like, this is still – you're above 500 in 2020 with a new quarterback and no offseason and everything. Like, the season could have completely fallen apart. But it didn't. They're seven and five. They still hold a wild card spot. I still think that they're one of the best rosters in the NFC. This season is not lost. I know we want to look at, you know, how to get out of Donovan Smith's contract and what they got to do in the draft and things like that. You mentioned a few things there, Jamil. This, yeah, the season is not lost. Absolutely not. If they get this thing together and they start clicking, this team is still good enough to go to the Super Bowl because I just don't see anybody in the NFC that they should be scared of. Uh, Seattle can't stop anybody. Green Bay, although they're waxing Chicago right now, I still don't really believe in them. The NFC East, don't get me started. The Rams, I still think we're better than them. And Will would love, hey, Jared Goff playing in cold weather in January. Come on, we know all about that. The Cardinals are struggling just to make sure they're in the playoffs. And if we see the Saints for a third time, come on. you got you got to get one of them, right? You wouldn't you would think, think they'd lose three times in one year. Hey, I mean, so the Saints are bad in the playoffs need, anyway. So I don't think you need to be scared of anybody in the NFC. If they get this thing going, they're good enough to go to the Super Bowl. You mentioned running the ball. We need a running back. I'm sorry, Ronald Jones, I know he's looked better this year, but this is just not – 
a, a number one for me. Leonard Fournette has not played well at all when he's on the field. He never plays. LaShawn McCoy, has he taken a single snap for the Bucs? He got shooting? one snap today in the red zone. One snap. I literally have not seen him on the field the entire year. And that's your best pass-catching running back. Something that Tom Brady did a ton of in New England was throw to his running backs. James White was a Super Bowl MVP because Brady was constantly throwing to him. Why do we not have a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield? Fournette can't do it. We don't play LaShawn McCoy. Ronald Jones is way too inconsistent. You mentioned taking the best tackle in the first round. How about you just take the best pure player? If you're in win-now mode, unless he's like a linebacker, like something we don't need, you got to take the best player. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. The best player on the board when the Bucks are set to draft, I know we got a long way to go, it's more than likely going to be Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. And that would be absolute dynamite from just day one. You're talking about a guy that would easily win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Tom Brady would love this guy. You want to talk about a running back that can catch the ball coming out of the backfield or he can run between the tackles and get physical? Travis Etienne is a perfect running back for this Tampa Bay Bucks team but again they don't have him right now they're gonna have to wait till next year so they gotta use all the running backs Ronald Jones cannot catch Leonard Fournette is very hot and cold use LaShawn McCoy more like you meant we you mentioned we got to do the quick passes well goddamn come on just quick pass to LaShawn McCoy like what are we doing like open the playbook up we do have the bye week coming up this week they got to sit down and figure out how are we going to make this work? It shouldn't take all the way to week 12 for Bruce Arians, Byron Lefwich, and Tom Brady to have this conversation, but better late than never, I guess. But we got to figure out what is it going to take for this offense to finally click and take off. Yeah, running back has definitely been a problem with this team. I think people also forget they picked Kayshawn Vaughn, who has played maybe two games this season. Yeah, he's been inactive. Um, it's, it is frustrating to see Brady try to throw the ball to these running backs, and they just can't catch. If Leonard Fournette's your pass catching back, to me that's a problem. Um, none, none of the running backs in this roster were known for their hands. Ronald Jones coming out of the draft, he was discredited for his hands. Leonard Fournette's never been known for his hands. Um, Ronald Jones, you said you don't think he's a true number one. He's been very volatile this year. He's very – Boom or bust. It's either he's going to get you 100 yards or he's going to get you like 20 yards. But I, one problem I have with the way this team is working is the second, like, he doesn't break a big run, it's just like, oh, Ron, you got to go sit the bench. I think running back is one of the most rhythm positions in the NFL where you need to get something going to get in your groove. So to, to do that and then put in, LeSean, put in Leonard Fournette, let him get three plays, and you take him out, put in Ronald Jones three plays, I don't think that really helps anyone either. No, and that's why I've never – sorry, Matt. That's why I've yeah. never been a big fan when these teams do running back by committee. Um, maybe I'm old school. I just want the best guy to be on the field all three downs and just go. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and constantly be changing people out because, yeah, I don't think anybody can get a rhythm. That's why you only play one quarterback. You know, there was an old saying, if you had two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Well, if you've got three running backs, you don't have any running backs. So – yeah, I, I 100% agree that uh, running back is a, is a repetition kind of position. I think, like you were saying, Jamil, they have to get into a groove and kind of find that consistency uh, in order to produce. And I don't think the Bucks are doing that with Jones. Having four some, semi-decent running backs 
on a depth chart is both good and bad because then you don't know how to split your, your reps. Uh, and you see the Buccaneers kind of having that problem. I figured I'd ask, I don't know how, his, I don't know how his season's going, but um, do we, do we miss Peyton Barber? No, oh. nah, he's not nah. average in Washington, but he, he wouldn't bring any element that we don't have to this offense. In my opinion, figured I'd ask. Nah. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't miss mind. Peyton Barber. I don't miss Bobby Rainey. I don't miss Doug Martin. I don't miss any of these other trash running backs that the Bucks have been trying to sell to us. Uh, for years, you know who I, you know who I do miss though, Cadillac? Dalvin Cook, Dalvin okay. Cook, because we oh. drafted OJ Howard instead of him. OJ Howard had trade value last season, and we just didn't do anything with it. He had it in the off season too, but um, yeah, they wanted him to be a part of the offense, and it seemed like he was going to be a part of the offense until he tore his Achilles. He's still not. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you know who else would be a part of the offense? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook would have been nice, of course. Uh, yeah. Imagine the Bucks now. I mean, the Bucks are a good team. Probably the best they've been in a, a long time. But it is the best they've been in a long yeah, time. Just probably, probably since '02. But that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Also, that's kind of bugging me here. I know everybody's. You know, their expectations were really high. Like this team's going to go win the Super Bowl. This and that. And and listen, I'm part of that. I guess I think this roster's good enough that they can go to the Super Bowl. Can they beat Mahomes? I don't know. But we have to understand. When was the last time the Bucks were seven and five? Like, when was the last time the Bucks were like projected to make the playoffs? When was the last time that the Bucks had multiple primetime games and multiple four twenty five kicks? Multiple like, home wins. Yeah, this is a very. This is the best that the Bucks have been since honestly, like two thousand seven. I think that was the last time they made the playoffs. And one thing that I don't want to happen here. We mentioned that the play calling needs to change, and I agree. But I'm not about to sit here and put all this blame on Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is the best coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had since John Gruden. So if we're going to sit here and start pointing fingers, let's not run Bruce Arians out of town because I think long-term that's a problem. Now, is he going to be around 10 years? No, probably not. He's, you know, he's a little older, and he already retired once. But let's not run – the best coach we've had in 20 years out of town just because we're not undefeated and going to win the Super Bowl. Like, let's, let's all just take a step back. Let's calm down. Season's not over, like we said. Let's stop with all this Bruce Arians hate because the guy can coach. We know that. My issue with him is his stubbornness to not change anything, and it's like you're going to do it his way or that's all you're going to do. And if, yeah. Even when it's clear it might not be working the best, the, the things don't change. And I think that's just being foolish if you think that you're just going to keep doing it and it's going to magically work. Yeah, no, I get it. You you bring in a six-time Super Bowl champion, you're going to have to both make changes here. Like, that's just – that's part of it. How many losses will it take until Leftwich and Todd Bowles are in the hot seat? I mean, they're not going to go anywhere – this offseason I think I, mean, I, I think hope I'll be back next season and then after that you reevaluate yeah yeah honestly like let's think about this they're gonna the get Bucks, a hold on the season no one's getting fired no they no. I hope not I hope not. the Bucks should end the season on a four-game winning streak the Vikings the Lions and the Falcons twice that's come on what are we doing you need to win those four games you're 11 and 5 I don't know the last time the Bucks won 11 games it's been a long damn time yeah. The Bucs will be 11-5 and five going into the playoffs. I already said I'm not scared of anybody in the NFC. If you can just next year get Travis Etienne, a guy that can run, he can catch, 
You don't bring back Fournette. You don't bring back LaShawn McCoy. You try to move off of Ronald Jones. You just go with ETN and Keyshawn Vaughn. We don't need to bring back Indomitian Sue because we're going to have Vita Vea coming back. You mentioned we couldn't get pressure on Mahomes today. That's because we can't get pressure without blitzing, and that's because Vita Vea is out. When Vita Vea comes back, that front seven is stupid. Like, it's just absolutely disgusting. And I don't think we need to bring back Sue because I think we're going to have some big decisions to make. We got to sign Shaq Barrett. We got to figure out what we're doing with Chris Godwin. We got to figure out what we're doing with Antonio Brown. Does Gronk want to come back for another year? Like, there's going to be some interesting moves that the Bucs have to figure out. And if you can get Donovan Smith off the books, that would definitely help facilitate some of these moves. This will definitely be a important offseason for the Buccaneers, especially since this is the first year with a new team. And if you want to build on what could become a dynasty in the future, who knows? Definitely the closest we've been in a long time. Let's slow that down. Let's just start with one winning season. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm just good. saying this is the closest we've been to having like a like a good because a lot of our teams young on the younger side. Minus. Yeah, dynasty's only yeah. three championships though. All right. Yeah, that's consecutive winning seasons. That's the thing. I know we're in win now mode, but we have great young players. Like yeah. we don't need yeah, to mortgage the, best the part. future. Yeah, like we've got some great young players. So it's kind of an interesting position the Bucks are in. Well, one thing that is still concerning to me, and I know it's not a problem now, but Brady's 43. And, yeah, you can surround him with young talent, but in the end, his backups are, what, Blaine Gabbert. We still have Ryan, and Ryan Griffin, Griffin. And then Josh Rosen still chilling on the practice squad, the I think. Squad. Yeah, so, you know, I think at least take a look at it next draft. This has to become somewhat of a priority because we don't know how much Brady has left. I mean, he's still – doing the thing you know he's still playing good football but he's 43 it's it's still something to look at yeah that's something to look at in the next draft in the second third fourth round but I don't think that's anything they're pressing to look at in the first round free agency when you can just pick another one the year after Brady leaves in the middle of first round so I think that's something that we don't need to look forward to too soon obviously it's in the back of people's minds but I think people should need to focus on when you have him for the two years and what this team's gonna look like for the rest of the season yeah like yeah. Win now, I know we have to focus on the O-line and then the secondary and other stuff like that. But, yeah, it, it was just something that crossed my mind. Uh, I'll, I'll finish on this. Um, I'll get one, one thing from each of you guys. Uh, three of the Bucks' five losses have came within uh, one possession. Uh, what is one thing that the Bucks can improve on to win, win those close games? I'll start with Jamil. Uh, for me, it's turnovers. Uh... They keep losing all the games because you just have dumb turnovers in the middle of the game. Uh, like RJ mentioned, the, the pass off the helmet that popped in the air. At that point, I thought the game was for sure over. I didn't think they'd get back within three. And then last week, you have a chance to win the game. You throw a pick in the last possession. I think if you just cut down some of the unnecessary turnovers and you make these drives longer, not even necessarily scoring, just make them longer and punt the ball and pin the opponent in their, in their territory, uh, you just take away possessions from their team for them to score. And I think you just cut back the – the stupid turnovers and the dumb penalties and you're good. RJ, yeah. Thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> I saw a stat where I think Brady's had four games this year where he's thrown multiple interceptions and uh, the Bucks are 0-4 in those games. At least last year, we won seven games with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions. So, I don't know. We were figuring out ways to win despite the interceptions and this year, we can't. 
I don't. So I don't really understand that. You mentioned what three games we lost by one possession. Yep. Today you couldn't cover Tyreek. What was it last week against the Rams? You're yep. driving down the field. You're gonna win. Throws an interception, and then the Bears game was a one possession game, right? Yep. Nobody. Uh, Nineteen twenty. Yeah, nobody was healthy for that game. Uh, so the Bears lost. That's you know that's kind of whatever. You know, Godwin, Vita Vea, Mike Evans, nobody was healthy for that game. And, and that was the game they pretty games. much controlled for most of the game. Yeah, I get it. But at least you have an excuse with the injuries, you know. Um, these last two, there's really no excuse. It's the turnovers. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, uh, two games against the Falcons to close out the Bucks season. By week coming up, uh, changes have to be made, whether to the play calling or – how they're using players, but um, yeah, hopefully the Bucks can get out of this little skid they've been on, little little rough patch, and figure things out heading to the playoffs on a on a high. Um, for Jamil, for RJ, I've been Matthew Perry. Uh, we've been the GMs for Hire, and we'll see you guys next time.